0: You're listening to Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer, with hosts Tom and Kate. Your survival guide begins now. Hello, we got McKenzie and Tom today, Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer. McKenzie's sitting in for Kate, who's anxiously awaiting her new arrival. She's out on maternity. Uh, we've got Maeve, right, Maeve? Yep. Coming in?
1: Very exciting.
0: Coming into the world stage probably in the next day or two.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: That is exciting. All right. Today, we're going to talk about a TikTok. I guess we could say everything you wanted to know about TikTok, but were afraid to ask. So uh, Mackenzie, you're the expert here. I'm going to be, you know, weighing in. Got a lot of... I've been... I've been swept up by TikTok, and I'm now an avid TikTok user. I would say this happened about a year ago.
1: Yeah, I am very excited to talk about this. I it was one of those things where when it came out a couple of years ago, it felt like it was embarrassing. It was just for Gen Z, but now we're all obsessed with it. So they got us.
0: They really did, and our agency is very, um, very <laughs> much integrated into TikTok usage, both organically and with paid advertising. Uh, and it is interesting the trajectory TikTok is taking and some of the pushback it's getting. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go into some of the uh, statistics from TikTok because I think most uh, listeners would be astounded at how quick how fast it's it's proliferated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most interesting ones is that people spend an hour and a half a day on TikTok. And, Guilty.
0: Guilty yep. is charged. Wow.
1: Personally, I don't want to know. I feel like it's between <laughs> me and the Chinese government, but right. I don't want to know how much time I'm spending on there, but it has to be at least an hour and a half just because that algorithm is so good.
0: Is that what it is? I don't know. I, I haven't broken it down to that level, um, being an algorithm, but whatever it is, it's feeding me stuff that I'm very interested in. It's giving me, um, tips on my golf swing. It's also, uh, talking about, you know, new workout regimens. If you're over 50, uh, it's, it's just, it's just cool. And every now and then I get a really cool animal video. Um, just saw uh, a guy, a uh, fisherman save a hawk that was, uh, tangled up and, and was going to die. In uh, some fishing line, and it was it was pretty cool. And it, but that was three minutes of my life.
1: Yep, you'll never get it back. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. The things you end up watching and people's stories about their lives and the drama and all these things that you end up just getting really sucked into.
0: So, 150 different countries. It's in 75 different languages. It's been um, uh, it's surpassed one billion uh, monthly active users, uh, and and. I, what's the number, 180 million users in the U.S.? Is, yep. is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have quite a few users in the U.S., but it's interesting, we'll get into this later, but not all of them are consumers or purchasers on the app. It's much more engagement and kind of watching the content for entertainment. So it's different than some of our other social media channels.
0: So um, from strengths in a marketing program, what would you cut your market for? How would you use it in in your marketing?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I think that a lot of people think TikTok is just instant conversions, it's really easy, people will just buy whatever they trust on the app, but that's actually not true. And TikTok for the average business is much better for engagement and getting comments and likes and visits to the website. You can get clicks for a very, very cheap amount but it's much harder to get conversions on the app. So usually I recommend it for clients who are just working on brand awareness, letting people know they're out there, um, getting people to the website, kind of those initial first steps of new audiences, but not necessarily brands that are looking for just immediate conversions.
0: Right, okay. Um, Let's go through some of these other statistics because I think they're, they're amazing when you start comparing it to Uh, Instagram and some of the other um, channels that we use.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting that it does have a lot more engagement than any of our other platforms. So for um, influencers in particular, they are very popular on TikTok, however, they also come under more scrutiny on TikTok. So people really, really want to see authenticity and relatability on TikTok as opposed to feeling like they're being fed something.
0: Yeah and this in this uh, this stat is is really astounding. I was trying to get to this earlier. Uh the engagement rate on TikTok is nearly 6% compared mm-hmm. to Instagram which is 1.4. That's a factor of four times as much engagement. Right. More yes. than four times. That's astounding. Almost
1: well, 6 times. Yeah. Yeah. It is astounding and I think that it's really interesting to consider, and that that's something really important to take stock of when thinking about whether to use TikTok or Instagram. If you are trying to use an influencer, you get a lot more bang for your buck on TikTok.
0: 67% of U.S. teenagers are regular TikTok users, so it's got two-thirds of the all the teenagers?
1: Yep, and when okay. you think about it too, just as time goes on, it'll probably be more and more as that generation starts to grow up and create social media accounts.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, but there is some, some controversy with TikTok, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think one that is really interesting is that 80% of revenue comes from China. So like we were saying earlier, it's not an automatic conversion. And it's not necessarily a platform that makes sense for most companies to be trying to aim for conversions on because the U.S. is still not where people are actually purchasing products off of this app. So um, that is something that's very important to be aware of. I've definitely seen um, both sides of trying to run a traffic campaign for a client and it going extremely well and then trying to run conversions and it just is not happening from the U.S.
0: So when you say, so 80% of the revenue that's generated within TikTok is coming from purchases in China, Mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah. So China sounds like they trust it. Makes sense. It's right. It's uh, it's uh, was originated, created, born there. Um, that means 20% is coming from the rest of the world. So imagine this very, very low right. conversions for us.
1: Yes, definitely. Okay.
0: So that's the downside for markers that probably will increase. Um, provided that the uh, our government doesn't ban it, which yep. it's, it's uh, attempting to do now. But before we get into that, talk about this um, interesting uh, Tarte Cosmetics example.
1: Yeah, definitely. So Tarte Cosmetics is a makeup company, and a lot of makeup companies do huge influencer trips. But this one was just really, um, a lot of people thought it was out of touch. So they flew a ton of influencers out to Dubai. I think for reference, the flight is about $20,000. So it was a lot of money they were spending on this. And then just flew them out uh, to talk about the products, have this all expenses paid vacation. And a lot of people felt like it was just not genuine, that it was just kind of a waste of the brand's budget.
0: So they missed on TikTok because the demands for authenticity on TikTok is you much know, higher, much higher. Mm-hmm. OK, um, let, let's get into some of the politics in, of TikTok. So. Currently, India has permanently banned it, right, and perceives it as a national uh, security threat to both the data privacy and cybersecurity. Uh, Afghans, uh, the Afghanistan government's banned TikTok, uh, starting in 2022. um, When that was done by the uh, Taliban, said the restriction was to prevent misinformation among the youth. So, you know, you could argue with that, I guess. Um Pakistan, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Indonesia, previously blocked TikTok, but have recently restored access. So, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some censorships going on in other parts of the country. Uh, a lot of concerns over TikTok and, uh, its potential, um, direct data, <clears throat> data access by the Chinese government and how they would use that. So what do you, what do you think is going to happen with TikTok? Is it, Is it going to stick around? Is it going to
1: happen? I think it is. I hope it is. I'm a big TikTok fan. Um, I think that it's being re-examined in the United States, um, as well as a lot of other countries. But it's interesting to see that some of the countries, even that had previously uh, banned TikTok, actually brought it back after a time. So I think that it is one of those things where it's not necessarily a security risk. It is just being perceived as one. because of its connection with the Chinese government. And I wonder if it is actually more of a risk than any other social media platform.
0: Well, yeah, it. I think they, they all have their inherent risks, but I think because this data is, can be mined by the Chinese government, that's, that's the big concern with our um, government officials, um, uh, Marco Rubio is is really leading a charge to ban it here in the U.S. Um, there may be some uh, obstacles in 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 the way I'm, I'm reading. So, um, but currently, it's it's on a trajectory like a like a hit song. Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it is really interesting too because. It seems like a lot of the concern is with location tracking, which definitely is a feature of pretty much every other social media app as well. The bigger issue is just that this data gets reported back to the Chinese government. So a lot of universities have blocked it from their campuses, but people have not stopped using it at all. And in fact, what they've done is just turn their Wi-Fi off and then go on their data to be able to watch TikTok videos. So I wonder if there will be some sort of protection where maybe it's not required uh, to use Wi-Fi with the app, or if we are able to turn off some sort of location tracking with the app, but I don't see the app just going away. Well, it'll be interesting in March, the TikTok CEO is gonna testify before the House committee. So I think that will be really illuminating to see uh, what their perspective of it is and what information they're actually gathering from the app.
0: So that's in, that's in two months.
1: hmm okay. so we'll know more then.
0: It'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, very timely.
0: So where do we see TikTok going in the future, Mackenzie?
1: Yes, it's really interesting because despite all the controversy and despite the political aspect of this and, you know, the calls to block the TikTok app from the United States, marketers are pouring more and more money into it. So it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon from an advertising or marketing (laughs) perspective.
0: Cool, yeah. I, I mean... We've got some notes here saying that, that marketers just keep pouring money into it,
1: yeah. And it's interesting, too, because the reason for that is that consumers don't seem to be affected by the political nature of the app, and they don't seem to be particularly concerned about the usage of their data. I think it's because when you think of it on an individual later uh, an individual basis, you kind of think, like, what's China going to do with my data specifically? Like, if China knows where I am right now, you know, right. that's fine. So I think a lot of people have that perspective for themselves individually, and then that makes consumers as a whole less concerned with the issue than politicians might be.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, individually, you know, how much value does the data have? But collectively right. with big data yeah, and AI, I think that's where the concern of the government comes in. Um, it does uh, hit the sweet spot, too, of... of a really coveted uh demographic and that's gen z's so it looks like probably conservatively say conservatively saying i think i think 50 of the users are gen z's mm-hmm. okay that's a huge number
1: it is a huge number and i wonder if that's part of the conversion issue as well is that gen z are not typically the demographic with the buying power
0: yeah but most brands, up and coming brands, new brands, they want to, you know, they want to get them in young. They want to yep. <laughs> uh, you know, get them to be brand loyalists and, and really uh, move from there. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So uh, currently uh, TikTok's owned by ByteDance. They look like they're going to do some uh, changes to the back end of the app, keep all the data here in the U.S. and they may survive this this. This current storm, um, so moving forward, let's say they do survive and they just continue to on their trajectory, getting stronger and stronger. How do you see uh, marketers uh, utilizing? Considering that they're, you get a lot of engagement, a ton of engagement, more than any other platform. Yeah, uh, you you probably have more users in in that younger Gen Z, Millennial demographic than any other. Any other uh, platform. Um, but the conversions are are not existent right,
1: right? Right. Yeah, I wonder if that will change going forward. If Gen Z is the demographic that's most likely to use TikTok, they clearly trust the app. They don't feel that there are any, you know security risks or that they are being used for their data in any way. So I wonder if as Gen Z takes over the app and then becomes a generation with more buying power, they will be purchasing from TikTok like we do from Instagram or Facebook. I wonder if some of it is the comfortability of growing up with Instagram and Facebook so you automatically trust them, whether you should or not. And TikTok, if someone's growing up with TikTok, they probably feel the same way.
0: Yeah, good points there. Yeah. Well, how does it... Uh... You know, what kind of conversions are we seeing with Instagram?
1: Yeah, I think- it's
0: a very similar app. I mean, yeah, just doesn't have their algorithm, right, that a, that a TikTok has.
1: It's really interesting because Instagram is way more expensive to use as a marketer because there's so much competition. And TikTok probably will become the same with time. But right now, because Facebook and Instagram have been around for so long and are so popular with the buying demographic- it costs more to get in front of your audience, but you are more likely to convert. Whereas TikTok, it is very inexpensive to get in front of your audience, but they're less likely to convert. And it's really interesting too, because TikTok can really target you in ways that Instagram and Facebook cannot because they're receiving so much data back from you in terms of what you're interested in, what topics, what brands, what products that really can't be matched on other platforms. So it'll be interesting to see how their e-commerce side really grows and develops over the years, because that's some really specific targeting.
0: Mm, That's an interesting concept. So um, you think they're going to get better and better at their targeting and their conversions will rise. Um, It's inexpensive to get that that brand recognition, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe they're converting into other platforms. I have some... Some clients currently that I I think from a branding perspective, pure brand campaigns. Right. TikTok makes a lot of sense. Yes.
1: Yes. That and I've also had more success with boosting TikToks for whatever reason than creating TikTok ads. Because I think that like any other platform, this would be kind of my advice for someone who's dipping their toe into paid ads, but not really sure if they want to go full force with the whole ad campaign. But on TikTok, like any other platform, you can see what video is already doing well and resonating with your organic audience. And then you can boost that video because you've already kind of gotten some feedback there. And that can be a lower risk way to engage with your audience and spend a bit of money, but know that it's going to have a better a better return.
0: So when you say boost, what is that? Uh, can you break that down a little bit?
1: Yeah, so with ads, and this is uh, similar to a lot of different social platforms, but with ads, you can build out a campaign with new creative assets. um, And those are things that you haven't really tested yet. So these are creatives, copy, et cetera, that you're putting out for the first time and you're targeting specifically people with. With boosting, it's content that you've already put out organically, and then you're targeting that content to your audience. So you are selecting that, okay, this is the video that worked well, our organic audience loved it, and now we want to boost it to more people, meaning that you put money behind it like an ad, but it's the same concept and the same post that you've been using organically.
0: Excellent. All right. Um, Any challenges you see in integrating these into marketing campaigns?
1: I think what um, is interesting to note about TikTok is that you can't necessarily use the same creative that you used on other platforms. And I know that for a lot of the other platforms, it's really easy to repurpose. So if you post something on Facebook, you can put it on Instagram, you could put it on Twitter, maybe LinkedIn, depending on the content. But TikTok is its own beast. And so TikTok content has to be created specifically for TikTok it has to be organic. It has to be user generated. It has to be a lot more casual and direct um, in a way that other content on other platforms doesn't have to be.
0: So that's interesting. So you wouldn't recommend to run uh, the same content on Instagram that you would on TikTok?
1: Yeah, it is interesting because we've had to do that for a couple clients where they're like, oh, you already have creative from these other campaigns. Can't you just repurpose it? But you really can't because TikTok users are very savvy. They want something authentic. They There's a particular humor and cadence that comes across on TikTok that doesn't really come across on other platforms. And people don't really want to see professionalism as much on TikTok. They want to see entertainment and relatability.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, is Is aside from that the style and the tone is the formatting the same it would be generally right
1: the formatting is similar yeah i mean every platform has different obviously size dimensions that it requires um TikTok, i just yeah it's kind of the same where you just want high quality video um high quality content and they're actually integrating a lot more photos into the app as well so that's now an option as well as video
0: wow okay Um, yeah, I think we're going to continue to see, uh, TikTok, TikTok grow and we're going to use it more and more in the agency for campaigns, um, uh, particularly branding campaigns until we see the conversions improve, um, which is always nice for clients when they, they can count on something to convert. But, um, but branding and reaching, you know, your audience is, is, is very, I think, uh, uh, what should I say, uh, undervalued on TikTok right Mm -hmm. now. So I think it's a, it's a good way to, to, to reach that audience and maybe, uh, market to them on other platforms where they're gonna, they're gonna see this continuous message and they get exposed to your brand. So,
1: yeah. And I think a, a good example that everyone kind of uses is Duolingo and how they use the owl in order to kind of, get across their brand personality. So I think that they, you know, it's not like they were trying to sell Duolingo through that, but they got so much engagement, so much brand recognition, so much traffic, just from the fact that they had a likable avatar. So I think that's kind of an example of what you could do on TikTok.
0: That's funny because Duolingo, I didn't know anything about Duolingo about five days ago. Now I keep hearing Duolingo. I have family members that are using it come to find out, you know, they're learning languages and I had no idea. So yeah, what a great example.
1: It is. <laughs> and I think the thing too, is that maybe some of those conversions happen later. So maybe you hear about the brand, you're like, oh, these videos are kind of funny. You start watching, you start following. And then a couple of weeks later you think, oh, it'd be cool to know Spanish. And then that's where you go. Cause it's in your head.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's how these campaigns work. That's the dynamics. It's human psychology. So I think you're really bringing up some good points there. Well, let's wrap it up right there, Mackenzie. This has great. been great. Uh, we miss Kate, but we're gonna do some more of these before Kate comes back, and uh, you know that'll be fun for her too to to get to to see her her show moving on.
1: Yep, absolutely, <laughs> Kate. We miss you, but we're so excited for Maeve.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe and drop a comment on what topics you'd like to hear in future episodes. Good luck out there, marketers. Until next time.